millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, I'm Chris Wynn. Welcome to the Roker Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. As we finally get back to business after the international break, which means we're looking ahead to the first of two home games in four days, which brings Preston North End to the Stadium of Light. And to help us catch up with everything at Digdale, we're very pleased to have the company of George Hodgson from Lanx Live. Hello, George. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me on. Good to be on. Yeah, welcome to the Roker Report podcast. How are you keeping it? Yeah, ready for uh, football after... Well, to be fair, I was going to say being bored to death by England, but they actually scored three goals, didn't they, in the end? So, yeah, the German Germany game wasn't too bad. Um, well, yeah, that's it. Can't beat championship, can you? So, yeah, let's get back to it. I was kind of that close to turning it off at half-time, and the only reason I kept it on was because I actually had money on the game. But if I didn't, <laughs> I would have... Uh, and, and thankfully, I had both... Both teams to score, which I didn't think would happen at half time, but glad I kept the going. But um, as I said in kind of the intro there, you, you cover Preston for Lanx Live, but you know, when I was looking it up, you, it also covers kind of Accrington, Blackburn, Blackpool, Burnley, Chorley um, was in there, Preston and, and Morecambe were in there. So, so how does that all work and, and kind of how long have you covered Preston for, for Lanx Live? Um, about two and a half years now. So, I got the job while I was still in uni, um, had about three or four months left there, but managed to get my foot in the door here um, they'd started covering Burnley before anyone because obviously they're in the Premier League um, and then jobs covering Preston and Blackburn Rovers came up it was local to me at the time a bit of Preston fan all my life so it's kind of a perfect job really perfect opening and um, managed to get that and since then we've um, expanded covering Black, uh, Blackpool as well um, since they came up from League One but yeah we've got like a news team and a sport team they're very separate but um, yeah, covering four, I would say good clubs because I don't like Blackpool, but um, yeah, four <laughs> decent sides all, all going fairly well at the minute. So all at a pretty even level, you know, Burnley a bit ahead, but yeah, good uh, good league to be in and um, yeah, good job for myself. Mm. So but being a Preston fan, were you always trying to kind of inch closer to the Preston gig, were you? Yeah, well, there was only ever the LEP, which is the local paper here and you know, a bit of radio and stuff. So for a new website to launch at the time it did was was kind of perfect. And yeah, to get the job was was class really while well, still in uni because it's such a tough industry to break into. But yeah, um, going into COVID was COVID football pretty much straight away was was really crap though. I didn't enjoy that. And, you know, not having fans on trains and things, but an experience I won't forget. But yeah, can't beat it with uh, full stadiums and things. 
going to places like Sunderland, of course, very good. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it. So, so I mean, how, how far do you go back with um, kind of following Preston? Then? I think I first went on when I was about five or six. Um, got the book for it straight away, you know. I think I did have a Ronaldo shirt when I was about five, but um, <laughs> quickly got rid of that. Um, and yeah, had a season ticket for years, worked in the ticket office um, for about three years. But yeah, it's always been Preston for me and desperate to see him in the Premier League one day. And to cover that would be amazing. So yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, well, I mean that that brings us on to kind of you know talking about you know kind of those dreams of being the Premier League. We'll get into where Preston are currently as a club because you know looking at it, it's Preston's eighth kind of successive season in the Championship, which followed four years in the third tier, which Sunderland know all about and you know how tough it is to get out of that. But in the last seven years, has been kind of a highest place finish of seventh, lowest place finish of fourteenth. So quite a narrow window of where they've kind of finished in the table and on paper you know after kind of four years in league one it doesn't look too bad but on the other hand you could say well it looks a bit like they're just kind of plodding along in in kind of mid-table I mean does it feel a bit like that at the moment or can it be considered like a bit of an achievement considering well they haven't been in the top flight since since 1960. Yeah it's tough in it because you know you think on paper, we've had seven years since getting out of League One, never really been worried about relegation or anything, um, which isn't something to necessarily celebrate, but you probably you take that all day long as a club to be stable. But fans are so desperate to just have a taste of what it would be like in the Premier League. I don't think the club's too small or anything. There's been far smaller clubs get up there and, and stay there as well. So keep hoping for that day one day and you know Ryan Lowe's arrival did feel like the kind of manager who could galvanise the whole place and there is a feeling at the minute that I'm sure I'll come on to this but he's not really been fully backed as he could have done um, so you know Preston are never going to have millions of pounds to spend and they're going to have to find a way to do it but it seems like we've got a manager at the moment who who's shares that real passion and ambition to be in the top flight one day so yeah see how they go yeah, I mean, I'll come back on to the, the kind of the, the financial aspect in a second. But, I mean, talking about managers, you know, you, you mentioned, obviously, the current manager there. But, um, I mean, going back a bit, it's amazing to think, considering all that's happened since. But it was only about 18 months ago when Alex Neil left Preston. But, you know, since then, Frankie McAvoy took the reins. He was there about nine months. Now it's Ryan Law. But, I mean, going back to Alex Neil, how was the job he did at Preston viewed by the fans there? Very good job, did a really good job, sort of took the team to the next level, got them playing away that, you know, belonged at the top of the table. You know, instead of we were quite defensive before Alex came and he sort of turned that on his head, brought some play, young players through and took them to a completely new level. And COVID was a killer for him. Um, you know, he lost some big players and, and by the end, I think it was just too much for him. You know, he'd seen too many players walk away and I think he resembled someone that needed a fresh challenge and and Preston, you know, he'd probably taken them as far as he could, he felt. And, you know, he's shown since he's still an excellent manager and I think he's regarded as that by a lot of Preston fans still. And just gutting, he couldn't have been the one to, to take us up because I think he's an exceptional coach who will go on to, to do really good things. Well, yeah, well, I'm not sure what Sunderland fans will... Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the appointment of, of, of Ryan Law. He came in from Plymouth uh, December 2021 
So it's just short of a year in terms of how long he's been manager of Preston. I mean, he, he did a great job with, with Plymouth and he did a really good job with Bury before that. But it sounds from what you hinted at before that there was a bit of excitement around appointing him as manager when it came around. Yeah, I just think football in COVID, you know, fans were watching on the telly, life was miserable and aside from football. And then Frankie got the job and it was... Preston fans haven't been watching very good football for quite a while, you know, going back to sort of January 2020 and, and Ryan was such a big character, you know, the things he was saying were getting everybody on side, you know, attendances went up, they've sold 12,000 season tickets this summer, you know, which is the most for a long time. And yeah, he's just a really sort of passionate guy who, you know, is, is te- he's learning as well in the championship now, it's a test for him, but I think the two do seem quite a good match for each other and hopefully he can, you know, get Preston into that top half because had a really big impact last season when he came in and this season's been a bit flat so far, so yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, looking at looking at where they were, they were around fifteenth when I think he, he came in, and I think they ended up finishing thirteenth. And ten games gone this season, pressing the fifteenth in the league. And you mentioned about you know that pre-season and all the sounds that I heard from the outside were all positive about Preston. You know these record, you know season ticket sales, and there was a bit of buzz around the club. I mean, is that is that died off already? Is it? A little bit, yeah. Not Probably not towards low. I think there's a bit of frustration towards the owners at the minute. You know, Preston fans know they're never going to be able to go and buy a strike for £10 million. But over the years, Preston fans have seen this before where a manager doesn't quite get his everything he wants. You know, just he wanted a couple more players. He wanted a right wing back and another striker coming in. And Preston had a month to try and do it and they didn't. And, you know, when you score three goals in 10 games then and one goal at home you know, the mood is going to drop a little bit. But I don't think there's much frustration towards him a little bit at the minute, you know, because he's promised an attacking brand of football, exciting brand of football, which, you know, obviously three goals isn't. But I think there's more people leaning towards, well, you've not got him the players he wanted. So, yeah, Mm. Preston need to turn this around in the next block of 10 games, I think, before the World Cup. Well, it's interesting you mention that because actually I was having a quick look earlier on and I was reading the update that the club put out about a year ago on the on the website. And I mean, yeah. reading that from the outside looking in, it, it seemed to be a message to fans to explain the lack of spending that, that you've just been talking about. And it was almost to say, well, you know, we are where we are and the priority is to keep the club stable, Craig Hemmings. Uh, and um, he also added in that statement, you know, he'd be happy if someone came along with pots of money to take the club over and all of that sort of stuff. So so was that statement kind of a direct reply to some of that criticism you were you were just hinting at there? I think so, yeah. I think they've been planning that for about a week and things, but probably has come as a result of people, you know, getting a bit fed up again because they can't Preston can't fall into that feeling of apathy and things again because it's just a it's just not a good place to be. So they need to try and keep the spirits that Lowe's brought high. I think a lot of people are appreciate appreciative for what the Hemmings family have done. You know, they continue to pump money in, a lot of money, which is what it takes to own a championship club in this day and age. Preston haven't sold a player for a, a, a sizable fee for a couple of years now, which always, you know, is going to take a hit. You know, there was the likes of Hugh Gill and Robinson that went for a few million and things. And I think it said there's 12 million being put in a year off, off their back. You know, and that is a lot of money, so it's hard to be too, you know, frustrated towards them. But if you're putting twelve million in and, and not really going anywhere, you know, people start to fear going backwards and it going stale. So 
I don't think Preston fans want millions throwing at it, but could you be a bit smart? Could you sign a couple for two million each and, and try and get an edge that way? Um, we'll have to see. I mean, just on that as well, doing doing kind of things in a smart way. He mentioned in that statement, it was interesting, I read that, he said that they turned down a big money offer for one of the players um, in the summer because they did they thought that keeping the player was better than kind of reinvesting in, in one or two other other players. I mean, is it common knowledge there who that was and what kind of region the bid was in or anything like that? Yeah, it was Emil Reese. I think Middlesbrough came in with about seven million. You know, he's 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 still a bit of an unknown entity, but he scored twenty goals last year, and you know that's probably under his valuation given the fees being thrown around these days in the championship for you know a striker scoring those kind of goals. So it was a late bid, and I don't think Preston could afford to to sell him, and they wouldn't have had time to get anybody else in. You know, it would have been catastrophic really if, if that had been the case so if that had come in a month a month into the window with loads of time you might have seen Reese move on and Preston try and reinvest some of that but I think by the time it came in it was it was a no-go no-brainer really yeah well that's it I mean 20 goal a strike is you know they don't grow on trees but uh, I mean looking at the transfers there were a few free transfers a few loan deals bringing in a few new faces like Sir Robbie Brady came in from Bournemouth um, and Troy Parrott on loan from Spurs so, so how have the new signings settled in and, and who's impressing so far? Yeah I think the players Preston did sign were viewed pretty well it was just the frustration of not getting a couple more you know it seems like you do all that work you get signings in people like and then just don't finish it off which you know I know it's easier said than done but still I can understand why fans are frustrated um, but no Brady's come in looks really experienced stands a bit of class he puts a lot of good crosses into the box and neither Reese and Parrott are too good in the air, so that's a bit of a difficult one. Um, Fernandez looks really bright from Man United, you know, a bit raw. You know, he's never, it's his first loan, never really played men's football, but you can tell he's certainly got something down that side, a bit different to Brady. You know, Brady will deliver from deep, whereas Fernandez will, will drive at defences. Freddie Woodman is a, a good signing between the sticks. You know, he could be potentially Preston's number one for the next five-plus years, so... That's a big one ticked off. And yeah, Ben Woodburn has surprised a lot of people. I, I don't think many were too hopeful with that one because he's, he's had a few difficult loans, but you can tell he's come through at Liverpool and he's got a bit of class, a bit of class about him. Um, and then, yeah, Parrott, you can tell he's a good footballer, just just not scoring at the minute. He's only got one. Um, he should have had four or five, so I need to see how he goes on in the next uh, next few weeks. I mean, you've hinted at it a few times because when I was looking at the season so far, I mean, it seems like it's the away form that's actually keeping Preston kind of out of trouble at the minute. You know, two wins and two draws from the four games away from home. But they've only scored two goals in those four games, as you touched on, and they haven't conceded a single goal, though, in those games. And in fact, actually, I think when I looked, it was like five of the first 10 games have ended in goalless draws. You know, does that tell the full story or the creating chances and not putting them away or is it just struggling to create chances full stop? Some of the games have been pretty poor watches, but they have had massive chances to win more than, than they have. You know, at Wigan on the opening day, Parrot goes through one-on-one, keeper makes a save, Reese has pretty much an open net, hits the leg of the goalkeeper, goes off the crossbar. Rotherham, they should have beat, you know, I think Rotherham are a tough team to beat, but Preston should have beaten three or four nil um, at home. Can't believe they didn't win that. Hull at home, two big chances again. You know, Parrot had one. I think we hit the might have hit the bar again there. So yeah, they have created things, and they should have more points than they've got. So it's 
it's not a major worry, but the longer this goes on, you know, you, you keep saying, oh, but they are creating chances. Well, they're still they're still not scoring them, so need to turn around really. And one one of those was an unbelievable goal at Luton as well. I don't know if you saw Brad Potts's goal volley there, scorpion kick volley. Um, FIFA kind of tweeted it because it was just a ridiculous goal. So that's something you're not going to do every week. So you just need to start yeah. scoring scrappy goals, even if defenders from corners and things. Yeah. Um, but Reese and Parrot and main two really. I'll I'll have to look up that goal. It might come second behind Sutherland's uh, against Redden in the end of season awards. Oh yeah, uh, but... yeah, completely different. But yeah, that was a good goal in it. To be fair, but I mean, I mean, those results suggest you know like a real defensive, cautious style of play. And and I read a quote when I was looking at you know from a piece about Preston this year, and it said they're playing three five two against stronger three five twos. I mean, is is that? an accurate kind of description of what's going on and, and, and what should we expect from Preston on Saturday? Yeah, I think that was my piece to be fair, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it is because I think with, you know, 3-5-2 is kind of played the championship at the minute. It seems like everyone's playing it and I think that's making for poorer matches, you know, entertainment-wise because unless you've got real sort of nippy, skillful players out wide, it's it's a bit robotic, it's a bit kind of like Mexican standoffs at times and Preston's games have been like that. They've been not really been defensively that troubled apart from Burnley where had a lot of the ball but didn't do much and just have you got that bit of quality to you see so many one nils these days and Preston at the minute haven't had that bit of quality to, to edge games and um, but the defence to be fair, can't really fault them if they've done what they're meant to do back there. Well, clearly I uh, read the best articles to do me homework, clearly. Yeah. Your words, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> Kind of speaking of homework, if, if Tony Mowbray's kind of had a look at Preston, where is he going to be thinking that the dangers are going to come from from Preston? Um, well, Reese and Parrot do carry a threat. You know, Mowbray will know our squad from his time at Blackburn. He made a lot of derbies against him. We got the better of him a couple of times and, and he won a few towards the end of his time at, at Rovers. So he'll know a lot about the, the players in Preston's squad, especially the midfield, you know, the likes of... DJ or Daniel Johnson, Alan Brown have been there for a while. Andrew Hughes been there for a while. Jordan Story. So, I think you'll know the midfield strong. You know they can they can dominate midfields and play a big part in Preston winning games. But that's not been quite been the case so far this season. And the strikers haven't been firing. But you know Reese, like I said, scored twenty goals last year. He's powerful. He's different to a lot of players, and, and he's a threat. So, so yeah, I think. Mowbray will recognise the quality in Preston's squad, but I imagine he's probably thinking this is a, is a good chance to, to get back with a win because, you know, three goals in 10 games, you know, you'll think if we can score, then we've got a good chance. Yeah. And just kind of looking long term ahead for this season, going back to that club statement that I mentioned earlier, uh, Craig Hemmings actually said in that statement that he thinks it'll take Ryan Law two or three windows before he's got a settled squad on, on how he wants it. But I mean, if this season continues as it started, will Ryan Law get the time and get a bit of grace from the fans to build the team, or is expectation that a little bit higher than that, and he might get a bit of stick before then? I think the expectation has been generated by him really more than anyone. You know, he was came in with a lot of big talk and things, which which everyone really liked, and then you just needed the backing from the owners to sort of back that up, which has been kind of in the case. You know, Preston have made six decent signings, but. Yeah, I think I think he will get time. Don't think twelfth or mid table will ever be a failure for a club like Preston. You know, doesn't have parachute payments. Never been in the Premier League, and depends how long the owners stay around, I guess. But I don't think Ryan's the kind of manager who will just want to 
he doesn't want to just stay mid table season on season. So if that is the case, in a couple of years he might look for a new challenge. I think he wants this now. I think he wants to. You know, he's still young. I think he wants to keep rising up the leagues as a manager. So it'll be. I think he'll make it clear that he he wants uh, to be pushing up there, and that's the same ambition of the fans, which is which is good. Well, well, that's it. I mean, I mean, just on the fans' expectation. I mean, is mid table about par and anything kind of better as a bonus, and anything worse is is a bit of a disaster. Yeah, I think so. I think everyone will start the season expecting to be stable in the championship. You know, Preston spent three years out of there. You know, two thousand and eleven to two thousand fourteen fifteen, but before that, they've always been in the championship. It's it's where they belong. But everyone. You know, I think wants to be top half. You know, def- not been in the playoffs for thirteen years in the championship, and sin like of Blackpool, Burnley get up there, and Burnley stay there, and Huddersfield and Bournemouth, and just a feeling now, why why can't it be our time, kind of thing. Um, mm. So yeah, we've got to keep going. I think Ryan's the the right man at the minute. Well, just looking at the the actual game itself and the the record going back, I mean, Sunderland have only won one of the four meetings ever at the Stadium of Light. And, uh, you know, that, that came back in 2004. Stephen Elliott bagged a couple. Uh, Preston have won the last two on their travels up to the northeast. I mean, I remember David Nugent scoring the winner back in 2006. But uh, but how, how do you think Preston fans are going to be feeling about the game on Saturday? Do you think, you know, keep it tight, get a point? Or, or do you think we've got a chance of going and nick the, all three points? Um, I think it's a tough game to be fair I think Sunderland looked pretty good after coming up last year when I said before about three five twos and a lot of boring teams and what I've seen of Sunderland I might be wrong but got a lot of exciting players out wide you know you don't really see wingers anymore they're a bit of a dying breed in this league so I've kind of liked seeing the likes of Clark and Roberts to be fair so I think it's two and a half thousand fans making the trip over and I don't think they'll be expecting to win probably, probably certainly expecting that Preston will go and compete and and make it tough for Sunderland and you know they have won games one nil away from home over the years so I wouldn't I don't think anyone will be you know putting that out of the equation altogether so yeah I think I think it'll be a close game to be fair and moment of quality might decide it as no, is well, the case in the championship pretty much every, every week to be fair isn't it? well yeah. that's it sometimes the two scores first but uh, but you know we're, we're playing with uh, two false nines at the minute it looks like Sims is going to miss out again so it'll be interesting oh. to see how, has that come today we, or I think so. I think it was in um, Mowbray's latest uh, press conference. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's probably going to be too soon for him. But we're doing all right uh, without the two strikers. It's just how long can we uh, can we keep it up for? But you mentioned earlier on, are you, you travelling for the game? Yeah, I'll be there. Never actually been there, so I can't wait for it. Um, should have a better view than the fans up in the gods. So, uh, yeah, be decent, that. <laughs> what are they getting on at the minute? Yeah. Is it 30-odd thousand? Or... Yeah, we're getting about 30, 35, something like that at the Super. minute. Superb. Should yeah, be a yeah. decent crowd. Everyone will be up for it because the board, like you say, the board's stiff with the international break. So yeah, be... exactly. Sure, I think Sunderland hopefully might come at Preston at home, and that might make for a better game. See how it goes. But yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, should be should be a good game. But um, but actually, I mean, I was going to say it tells you a lot. We're talking about you know those tight games in the championship, but it tells you a lot that. You know, we're talking about there's a bit of criticism at Preston, and you know things kind of bubbling under. Sunderland are positive, but actually there's only three points between the two clubs. So I mean, things can change really quickly in this division this season. Yeah, I think this season more than ever. I know Sheffield United have started well and Norwich are picking up points, but I don't think there's anyone to really be that afraid of. 
it's crazy that, isn't it, really? Three points from where we are to you. It's just mm. Rotherham a sixth, I think. Reading might be fourth. Everyone was saying Reading are going to finish bottom and go down. And there, I don't think there's any poor teams this year. You know, as I say, there's no real standout team at the top. I don't think there's anyone going to be going down comfortably. So if you're average, you might find yourself in a bit of trouble. Um, mm. Crazy league, always is. Well, that's it. Sides like Middlesbrough and West Brom struggling in the bottom yeah, four. Yeah, West Brom have won one game, haven't they, I think? Nobody would have saw that coming, and oh. uh, but like I said, I mean, when you know you've got that difference in the league at the moment, I mean, nicking a game and winning and taking all three points it is huge, actually. You know, rather than you know picking up those draws all the time, which Preston seem to be doing this season, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. I think there's so many tight games nowadays, and we've been we've come up short with that bit of quality needed to just. And, you know, you win, you, it stops you talking about, like, oh, if we win, we'll be up there. And if you actually do it and you see your team in, in the top half and it galvanises everyone and Preston have fallen short of that so far and need to start sort of putting it in on the pitch instead of talking about it. Because I bet the players are sick of it as well, talking about, yeah, we've defended well, but we've not scored again. Just gets a bit tiresome. So, yeah, they'll be wanting to really go after these next, uh, next run of games starting on Saturday. Well, enjoy your trip up at the weekend, and if you if you go out for a, for a few beers, I hope you enjoy your night or your afternoon or whatever it might be. Yeah, and, I think uh, I'm driving back, but I, well, I was trying to get a few mates over for a, a night in Newcastle, but I think the trains are a nightmare or something I've seen, so I'm not sure if that's going to uh, materialise or not, so we'll have to see. Well, have a good one anyway, but, uh, but on that note, I just want to say thank you very much, George. It's been an absolute pleasure, and all the best for the rest of the season, mate. Cheers, mate. Pleasure to come on. Nice one. Good stuff. Thanks, George. And thanks again for everyone for listening. Uh, keep a look at Rocket Report for all the build-up ahead of the game against Preston at the weekend. And keep an eye on all the usual places the next pod that should be dropping very soon. But from us, bye for now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.